Welcome to the Raw and Uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking boy. And today we're in the Ambitious Podcast Studio with my good friend, my good friend for over 15 motherfucking years. I just saw a pubic hair on my vagina turn white while I was saying this. Caroline Dale. I know her as Caroline Dale, but she's Caroline Dale Moran now because she married this hot piece of ass, Jesse, who looks like JFK Jr. And we're going to be talking about babies, pregnancy, infertility. And now I'm getting horny because I'm thinking about you having sex with Jesse because he's so fucking fly. And you're a hot piece of ass too. So it's just two beauteous people making sweet, sweet love. (laughs) Caroline, thank you for being here for having me. This is such a pleasure and honor. Best day of my life today. Best day of my life. I couldn't wait for you to get here. I was getting like, when is my friend coming to hang out with me? And I haven't seen you in so long in real life. It's been so long. Obviously, we know each other through you know where in the gram. Yes. That's where we see each other. We see each other in the gram. But we have a history that goes beyond the gram. <laughs> Caroline knew me before I was like spiritual Katie Boyd. She knew me when I was like a hoe for show, partying, shaking my tits at all the clubs in Boston, and then like showing up drunk to Katie Boyd's Misfit Club <laughs> to train her mom yes. and her mom's sister, Deb and Massey. The Twinkies. The Twinkies. That's what I used to call them. And they love you so much. I love them too. Shout out to them. And Andy and Gemma and all of the people. All these people from my family. So we go back like babies and pacifiers. Mm -hmm. We really do. But today we're going to be talking about babies and pacifiers. Because as you know, we've talked about this extensively. I've been going through all of my fertility stuff. And now... It's time to talk about your fertility stuff because you're actually going to educate me today because I feel like I get no education from any of these doctors out there because they just want to gaslight me and talk about how I should get a fucking hysterectomy and that maybe they should allow me to keep my ovaries. I know. Did I even tell you that yet? Oh, we're going to talk about that today. Okay. So Caroline is first going to start us off on her baby making journey. And obviously you guys know that I always try to come raw and real and come correct. So I want to give you my two cents and my experience too, as Caroline is educating us, entertaining us and empowering us because so many of our listeners are going through very, very, very similar stories than we are both. I mean, obviously our stories are different, but a lot of women like have been reaching out to me and being like, thank you so much for being so brave and talking about your infertility and what you've been going through. And guess what? If we were talking about before you came down here to the podcast studio, no one fucking teaches us this shit. They don't. And that is my biggest issue. I wish that I had known that fertility had a lifespan. <laughs> and that, Dude. you know, that there were things that I could do to help and things to hinder and the different medical models yes. and the holistic approaches. Yes. Um. So I'm there with you because... 
all of our lives as young women, we were taught not to get pregnant. Yes. And, but we weren't, you know, we didn't learn how to protect our fertility. Yes. So that's a big thing for me. And you went to private school? I did. So I went to Catholic school, which is yeah. not the same, but very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And what I learned was like the like Christian sexuality, which was like, don't get pregnant. You should never see a penis until your wedding night when they put you in like schmocks and they make you have sex through the holes through of the, the schmocks. Hole. Is that even like a thing? I think it's a thing. I think it's a thing. It's like a thing. It could be like a... An Amish thing yeah, that I could just be making. Yeah. <laughs> it seriously is. Very like they wrap you to a board yeah. at night. Yeah. That's how I was raised. And then when it was time to actually get pregnant, we don't even know what the fuck we were doing. Right? Yeah. Like we were talking upstairs when we were having coffee about like, did you know that there's four phases to your cycle? No, not until this year. I'm oh, 40 years old. That's and I didn't fucking crazy. Learn I didn't learn. And, and Katie and I were talking about this, how... There are different things that you should do during these cycles. There are different things you should eat. There are different ways to exercise yes. to support these cycles. Yes. And I just wish this was more of our conversation as younger women instead of there being so much shame around the topic of your yes. period. Instead, more empowerment. And so... Um, and hundreds of years ago, we used to, as women, it was all the wisdom yes. and your period and your menstrual cycle and your womb space and having a baby was like sacred mm -hmm. things. And now it's just medicalized and we're treated like animals almost when it comes to going to the doctors and yes. being gaslit, medically gaslit, mm -hmm. or, you know, like I've been going to the doctors a lot lately. And, and as I feel like they're like one step away from saying like, you should go get a shrink. Cause they, it's like, oh, this is all in your head. And it's like, bitch, I have clots the size of Manhattan coming out of my foo-foo. Like this is not normal. Right? Right. right. And you know, my story, like I was on birth control continuously for 10 years. I was put on birth control. Um, when I moved up here, so I was having some bad periods mm -hmm. and my OB was like, you know, you don't need your period. You know, you can just take birth control continuously and never bleed. Like you've, there's no medical reason to have your period and you trust doctors because you're like, well, they have a fucking degree and who am I? I'm just some fucking Joe Schmo from Kokomo. And you listen to them. And then four years ago, when my husband and I were starting to try to clean up my body from all the hormones and try to get pregnant, then you can't fucking get pregnant. Yeah. And no one tells us this shit. No one tells us this. Now, did, were you ever on birth control? So I tried birth control in my twenties and I immediately did not like the uh, way it made you feel. And yeah. I off of it. Like, this is not for me. But, you know, you're not the first one who has told me that they've had issues with birth control and now, you know, thinking what was happening to my body? What was happening to my hormones when I was kept in this state of, what is it? I guess your like, body thinks that you're pregnant. Well, you're I'm not a doctor. So yeah. Well, but, you're, yeah, your body is just like yeah. getting these hormone signals. It's like, you don't have to ovulate. Right. You don't have to bleed. And if you do actually bleed, like, cause you take those pills they are like sugar pills at the end. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. actually not a real menstrual period. It's called like a withdrawal bleed or like a, you know, cause it's the, it's the, um, not having the hormones in your body makes you shed your uterine lining, not because of the hormone signals that your actual body's creating itself. So like if you're on birth control for all those years and your body is being told like you don't even have to make these hormones anymore, then when it's time to actually get pregnant, like for me, and you probably went through the same thing, like they test your AMH levels, your anti-malarian hormone, yeah. and then they call you on the phone 
And then they just tell you like your your anti-malarian hormones, which I'm like, what the fuck is that no, even mean? Right? Yeah, she's like your anti-malarian hormones. They're <laughs> you know a point four, and we want you at one or more. So your egg reserves are down. I'll talk to you later. And then they don't even fucking explain anything to you. And then you. I don't know how you were, but you start to go out of your mind because you're like, oh my God, I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. What do I do? And then you just keep going to the doctor, the next doctor, the next doctor who just keeps gaslighting you and giving you the runaround and trying to make a lot of money off you, especially if you're going down the IVF route. Yes. And, you know, women who are trying to get pregnant, I feel, are one of the most vulnerable populations. Yes. We will do anything. We will buy anything. If you sell us, we will have it in our house <laughs> yes. very next day. Yes. It means that we'll be able to have babies. And right. so there are people that do pry upon us. I, you know, anything that says like, try this and you'll get pregnant next month. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so you started trying to have a baby when you were how old? So I guess I, I sort of consider my fertility journey in sort of two separate parts. Yes. I consider like the first, um, before Noah. And, um, I, so I got married in 2017. I was 35 Mm -hmm. when I first got pregnant. I lost that pregnancy. Okay. How far along were you? I was like six weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it was still really upsetting. Of course. And and I was like, what was this mean? So I went to the doctor and, you know, he threw his book at me and he said like, this is very common. I'm going to see you again. This happens to women all the time. This is just a chromosomal abnormality. This is very, very normal. It's your body's natural way of dealing with, you know, an embryo that doesn't... You're just telling me that and it's making me angry. Do you know? Because it's like when they say to you, like, this is just totally normal, but it's like, this is my body. This is my life. And this is my relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. And like that, I don't, I don't accept that as my reality. So like, let's pick another like (laughs) sentence that you're going to tell me, right? And for me at the time... It, there was something about it that was comforting, but then another part that was like, well, why did that happen to me? Mm. Am I ever going to be able to get pregnant again? What's what's going to happen? And so, yeah, I, I guess it was his way of normalizing things for me, which it's it's a medical, that's the medical thing. Yes. That's the medical model. This yes. is what happened X, Y, Z. Yes. They're not there to comfort you, hug you, and give no. you a lollipop. And I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't expecting that. Right. I, I guess I did want some answers, but there there are no answers to be had. And that was in 2017. That was in 2017. Okay. Before I got married. Mm-hmm. And so then I remember after that experience, I met with an acupuncturist and she said to me something that I felt at the time was really profound. Yes. She said, um, you want to have a baby, not a pregnancy. Mm. And I said, yes. She said, you can go tomorrow and you can keep start trying again but yes you really need to build your body up yes and you need to do certain things so that you can have this healthy baby yes take six to eight months take those take those months and really work on yourself and you know so i did acupuncture it worked out i did yoga i did tai chi i did like meditation wow. i did all kinds of things um and I was able to have my son relatively easy, although he was high risk. There were certain things involved. Well, because you're elderly. Because I'm a geriatric. <laughs> That's what I'm like... geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Bubby. Yeah, oh, Bubby. <laughs> That's what, that's what Noah called his grandma. Oh my God, I can't. I can't wait to see them. So then I had Noah and, you know, I was really, it was high risk. I was really, yeah, I had an emergency C-section. Boy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I thought here it was kind of in the state thinking like, okay, well I had one. 
like I'm going to be able to have it right. Here. Like there's not going to be a problem. And then as soon as we started trying COVID hit. We, that's when we started to really yeah. getting, getting into it. Yeah. And so it was like, there was all this fear, like, okay, are we going to even be able to see our doctors? Uh-huh. Like, what does this look like yes. for me? Yes. Of, you know, appointments. And I know I'll be high risk. Right. Geriatric, right. And I've had a high risk pregnancy before. Um, and so then I did get pregnant in August, 2020, and I felt something wasn't right. Mm. I was kind of spotting and I went to the doctor. I took myself in. And this is so important. But like I say to people, trust your body. That's your With intuition. Your body. That's right. And I went in. It was Friday. I was in literally a swimsuit coming from my grandpa to see Moa's pool. Oh, I love it. And I was like, just going in to check the thing. And they kept me in the ultrasound for a long time. Wow. I could tell. I like had You're like, something is something not right. It's not right. Mm-hmm. Like this idea ectopic came into my mind. And like, I had never thought of that word before. So sure enough, my doctor brings me in. She's like, I'm so sorry. We have to take you in. We have to take you in right away to surgery. And I was like, can Wait someone just right then and there? explain to me what just happened? Yeah, right then and there, I was wheeled off. Oh my God. Into surgery. What a nightmare. To remove the tube because it had ruptured and I had internal bleeding. And so if for people who don't know about ectopic pregnancy, it is when the embryo gets intercepted or fertilized in the tube. And then it gets stuck there for, we don't know what reason. So instead of implanting in the uterine wall, right. it stays in the tube. Yes. It implants there, wow. which is, you know, a, a non-viable. Do you know that it's actually the number one killer of women in the first trimester of pregnancy? Yeah. It's, cr- it's and it's crazy. Scary. And the pregnancy is never viable. Never. There's no way to save it. So, um, that. So they literally wheeled you into where was your husband? So it was COVID. So oh, yeah. I would have been shitting a purple Twinkie. So, and can I tell you something? You're saying this and I'm like, oh my God. I'm, because when COVID hit, right, Matt and I were like, we're going to have a baby. My book is launching. Like all this like big milestone things where we were planning that year. And my sister was pregnant at the time and she had just found out she was pregnant. So she delivered that summer. And like my mother, no one could go with her into the, any of that stuff. My brother-in-law, like once he was in the hospital, he couldn't leave. And in my head, I said to myself, like, this is my first pregnancy with my husband, right? I want him to beat all the ultrasounds. I want him to be there in the room. Like that was, a, it was a deal breaker for me. And then he and I just kind of started like calming our tits down. And then two years later, here we all are still in COVID heaven, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Later. Yeah. But you know what? We're not the only ones that got sidelined because of COVID. Absolutely. A lot of people's IVF cycles got interrupted. Oh. Can you imagine being mid-cycle? And pay, you spend all that money, all, all that time, all, all that pain. And you can't. So, yes, there was just a massive shutdown of things. And it felt at the time, like, a little bit too scary. Yes. To, you know, even considering. So, as soon as the ectopic happened, we were referred to an IVF, uh, a reproductive endo- endocrinologist, yes. RE, who told us kind of about our chances and my AMH. And now that my. Is yours low too? I'm Not as low as me. Oh, you're, honey, you're like doing that. it. But it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. <laughs> but let me tell you because. Tell me. Because tell me the things. Reserve, what I've learned, and I've learned a lot of things. It's really about the quality of your eggs. Yes. Because you could get 16 eggs right. in a retrieval. Yes. But those 16 eggs have to be viable. Have to be good. Yes. And so they might not. Like all mine died out the first. No. I guess they go, oh, yeah. 
So wait a minute, when you did IVF the first time and they'd call you and say, all your eggs are not viable. Yeah. Did you, were you just like so depressed? Yes. I was on the floor. It was like, having see, this is another, another miscarriage. I don't know I'm, if I can handle that. Well, I mean, I know I'm a strong first, bitch, I think but fuck. It's really hard. It's really sucks. It was just like being punched again mm-hmm. after being down mm-hmm. because you have this I had this kind of romanticized idea of what IVF was. Like, you're just going to get this little egg and just shoot it right up and yep. then it implants itself and you're fine. I no. didn't know that it's actually harder to do IVF, to get these perfect eggs. Yes. Then send them off and get them tested mm-hmm. and then come back. Mm-hmm. So I've had multiple rounds where I can tell you from different experiences what it's like to do different things. Um, so I'm now, I'm, I'm now entering into my fourth round. And unfortunately, another setback, I got pregnant before this round and I had another ectopic. Two back to back. Two. And I have no more two weeks left. So when we were talking about a month and a half ago, before I went on vacation, you had just had surgery to remove your tubes. What was, what is that called by the way? Um, Um, Okay. I don't know. There's, there's a thing. A tubectomy. <laughs> they had to take out my tube. Yeah. We are not doctors on this show. Clearly, I'm not a doctor, medical <laughs> But what but. they do is they leave your ovaries. Yes. They take the tubes that connect to your uterus. Yes. But your uterus is still there. Yes. So you can still get pregnant mm-hmm. and carry the baby with the uterus, but you just can't do it the old fashioned way where the egg comes down the tube and exactly. shenanigans. Exactly. You have to do right. But you can still carry a baby in your uterus. You can. Okay. That's really, that's good news. This is good news. So this is, the, and that's why the medical model is so important to give us options. Because the first time you went totally holistic, you're like, yes. I'm going to the acupuncturist. I'm going to okay. smoke reefer with doing yes. my, my Tai Chi. You were eating all kinds of weird shit, like Jamaican sea moss, and you had crystals up your (laughs) hoo-ha, and it was like a whole, like, shwami guru sexual scene. Yes. But now you're entering into this very medicalized, so you're, you've really, you're running both sides of the fence, which this is one of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on, because so many people think it's one way or the other, Mm -hmm. but you can, you can do both, but you're not doing both. You're going totally medical this time because you can't do the holistic stuff anymore. Right. Which I think is so interesting. Can you explain that to our listeners? Yes. So, um, so hold on. Let me just let me just formulate what I want to think about. Yes. So I think that there are within the medical model there are holistic things that you can do. Yeah, like acupuncture. Acupuncture. Right. Supplements. Yoga. Food. Nutrition. Huge. Yoga. Um, breath work, breath work, yes, work, which is something I'll talk about. The mind body connection is mm-hmm. so important. In fact, it becomes even more important when you're just doing a medical model, yes, because you need that. Otherwise, you know, you'll you just you can get spiral. disconnected too you from like get, your sacred yeah. self, yes. You're like, okay, I trust these people to do everything. My first round, I was like, I'm just going to trust what they tell me to do. And I'm not going to do anything. I right. Don't. And then the second, when it didn't work, I was like, okay, I need to kind of shift things and change things up and do it the way that feels good for me. Yes. And that might include adding X, Y, Z. What is it? Spirituality or prayer, you know, meditation, mm-hmm. or crystals or Reiki or different things that are yes. going to help me in this moment because there's a lack of control that I have. That's right. And, so and we're control freaks and we need some kind of control. We we're going to freak out. We're going to freak out. Yes. And so I can see from two different angles how 
the medical model is so necessary for people like me. Yes. And for so many other women, there's no shame in that. I just want to say IVF, there's no shame in having to go do that. IUI, IVF, whatever it is you need to do. Um, I think that it's an amazing, amazing technology that has helped so many women get pregnant. That being said, you do continue, have to continue to trust your gut and yourself and what feels right to you, yes. you know, and if a doctor doesn't feel right, get a second opinion. You know, if something feels wrong and you're having responsive things, you're not sure you're questioning what is, is happening, like do a little research, but then also go back to your doctor, find a doctor that you trust and yes. say, like, listen, it, what do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking. So, and by the way, the doctors work for us. We don't work for the doctors. And that's a big thing that I had to kind of tell myself going through this whole thing, because I would like sit there. Like I was like a peon, like listening to the doctor. And I'm like, I'm a smart fucking bitch. And I'm a CEO of a company. And I'm like, I know my shit. Like she actually works for me. I don't work for her. So whatever she's saying to me that is not resonating with like my truth, I don't have to work with her or him or whomever. You don't. Right. But we don't know that. Like, did you know you can fire your nurse? Like if you're okay. So if you're, if you're in labor, Mm-hmm. And you get like, cause you know, you never know who's going to be like your attending physician or your nurse or whatever. If you're in labor and your nurse is being an asshole, you can literally say, excuse me, you're fired. Go get another nurse to take care of me. Oh. Did you know that? And you know who told me that? My freaking nurse friends who are in labor and delivery, labor and delivery in Boston medical. Wow. I didn't know. Yeah. I just thought you get a, cause I was one time I was watching a video and it was of this woman in labor and she was like, Oh, like really having a hardcore contraction. And the nurse came in, she goes, you want some cheese with that wine? Could you imagine you're, you're literally this sacred vessel birthing a soul into the third dimensional reality. And some bitch in Snoopy scrubs is, t- <laughs> is telling you <laughs> like, you want some cheese with that wine? Like, no, 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 no. But we can, and, but we have to know that. And that's part about being ambitious too, Mm -hmm. is knowing your rights, being able to advocate for yourself and knowing like you don't work for them. They work for you. You're paying their salary. Right. Right. The The end. Right. And that it's okay. To advocate, it's okay to advocate for yourself. Say that louder, like a bitch, for the people. And, and this if, is and the, even if you do, who cares? Right, because it's your right. fucking body, and it's your it's baby, right. and it's your life. Yeah, and so many women, I feel, especially me, like we are pleasers. We want everyone around us to be happy. Absolutely, we don't want to upset the apple cart. And so that was a big lesson for me to have to learn is that, like, no, I might. I might sound like a bitch. I might come off like an asshole because I don't like what my doctor is doing. I might have to call them three or four times a day because I need to know this information and they are not getting back to me. Yes. So I think that was a big lesson for me. Also creating boundaries around what was sacred to me and this time and this space, I really had to cut some ties and build a very strong wall of protection around my family um, because some people just didn't get it. So it was during COVID and I was going to have to be tested because you need a negative PCR in order to go into a treatment yes. because of surgery. And so I was around people who just weren't taking that seriously. And I, I had to say, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to see you. Right. And then also saying to friends, like, I can't listen to you talk about your new baby right now. Oh. It's too upsetting to me. Yes. But in a way that is not harsh and hurtful but in a way that protects my space and i think that's a lesson for every for everything we do yes you know i have friends that you know when i was going through all this stuff 
and I'm still going through it when I was like just starting to take this journey and they would just complain about their newborns. Like, oh my God, I haven't slept. And this kid just shits all over me and it's just like never stops. And I'm just like, dude, you're the thing that you're complaining about is some person's like unattainable dream. Yes. Like have some fucking compassion and some damn empathy for other people Mm -hmm. and stop being a fucking, like just a selfish see you next Tuesday. Yes. And people don't realize that. They think well, they take it personally. To you is, is, is a helpful thing. Oh, she would want to know what this is actually No, like. thank you. No, no. We want that. We want those things. Did anyone ever tell you during like this whole journey, and I'm sure this could happen in the future, but like, just be happy with the one that you have. Yes. Oh, I hear that a lot. And that, I hear that a lot from people that are close to me. Just yeah. be grateful for what you have. And that, I think two things can be true. That's like, also, right? that's called spiritual bypassing, by the way. It's hurtful. It's spiritual really, bypassing. yeah. It's when someone says to you, like, like, say you have cancer and someone goes, mm-hmm. but it could be so much worse. It could be stage four and you only have stage three. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like positive spi- toxicity. Ew. It's positive toxicity yeah. and it's bypassing. It's like, these are my feelings. Right. This is the card of the cards that I have been dealt. This is not your reality. I know you're trying to like love on me right now and, and make me see the softer side of Sears, but I really don't feel like that today. <laughs> Especially when you're having a hard, yes. <laughs> Especially when you're having a hard day. Cause it goes in like, um, a roller coaster, right? Like one day you feel like on top of the world and the next day you're like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? Totally. Yeah. I guess like that. And were people also telling you like, well, but you're just old, you know, it's just like, this is what happens when you get old. Yeah. But like, then why didn't you tell me that when I was 20? Because for so much of my life, I worked on my career or, or where I was going in my life, where I lived and who, you know, who was going to be on this path with me and yes. finding the right person. And then I got to this point where I thought I would be able to have those children and, and I, I cannot. Right. So that is, um, that is a harsh reality to kind of wake up to. Um, but I do think that the things that people say can be very, uh, like you don't have to a good place. Well, you'd be grateful for, mm-hmm. at least you don't have to deal with two, you know, up at night. I'm like, well, maybe I would love that. Yes. So there are a lot of things that people say that they don't unintentionally know that they, you know, they, they're hurtful, right. hurtful things. Um, and so it's made me being, I'm, I'm now in this infertility group and we talk about this a lot. It's, um, it's a group of both primary and secondary infertility. Um, Can you explain what that means? Sure. So primary infertility is you have, you know, your first child, you're struggling to have your first child. Secondary is, um, you could have also had primary, but now you're struggling to have a second or Got possibly it. third child. Right. So, I fall in the camp of secondary infertility. Um, and there's one other girl in the group who also has secondary infertility, but most of us are, of, of the women are primary. And so there's a part of me that feels a sense of guilt. Like I at least have a child. Yes. And so that I have to let go of that because what brings us together, we do have so much in common and we have so much to discuss with each other. That's what binds us together. Right. We are feeling those same feelings despite the fact I have one child and they don't. That's crazy. I know. But it's so beautiful that you have a group like that. Yeah, it's really, it's been really Community cool. is huge when you're going through something like this. I will say this one thing. I, I made a big mistake earlier on in my fertility journey when, because I'm a, I'm using my quotation fingers, you guys can't see, but because I'm a public figure, 
I always feel like I have to be so open and so real and so like raw with my people, my community, because I, I want them to understand like I'm a human, blah, blah, blah. And I would tell, you know, so I went live one day and I told people about like what I was going through because I felt in my own heart that I was struggling in the public arena because I like, wasn't showing up on Instagram. And I was like going through a lot of like, you know, my own mental shit, right. And, and sadness and depression and fear and all these things. And so I went live and then so many people were so supportive and so many people were so fucking mean and just so rude. Oh my God. So mean, so rude. Like, yeah, like crazy. Like, why would you even want to have a child in this world? Like this world is shit. And you know, just oh. things like that. Yeah. And then other people, which I know again, that they were like in the, they were trying from the bottom of their my their heart to like help me, but they were like, "You gotta have sex with your husband under the full wolf moon, up the ass, and then you have to put your legs up straight, and then you have to put a black tourmaline under your pillow." And I'm like, "All the wives." Oh my god! Like, tell me something that you've heard. Tell me something that you've heard because I love shit like this. Well, definitely the legs up the wall is one. <laughs> like, oh, what is the other? There were other things, like, I had this book that was, like, things that you should put under your bed. Oh, yeah. You know, the saints that you should have. And, and I will say another part of infertility is this, like, kind of crisis of spirituality and religion. Oh, tell like, me about that. Ooh, like, angry like, at God? Kind of, well, a little bit. Kind of just like, who do I pray to now? Yeah. Like, because someone's like pray to the goddess Kali because she's right. fertility but right. you're like but she's Hindu and I'm a Jew and yeah. what the hell's going on yeah and you're like okay I grew up this way and I'm this way but what um you know what prayers are going to speak to me yes do I mix this so I, I'm both Christian and Jewish yes like I'm a weird mix but I'm mostly Jewish now so. yes but so what resonates with me? I'm am I praying to Mother Mary? Am I, oh, yeah. Who am I, who am I bringing into this scheme? Yes. Who's going to help me? And then. I love that you're saying this, by the way, because I've been feeling the same exact <laughs> way. Cause, yeah. Cause people, and I love it because like people will send me like saints. Like yes. I have a, an amazing client in Bitches Academy named Karen Whittle. And she um, gave me this beautiful box. She had visited me a couple weeks ago and she gave me St. Gerard. And yes. she's like, this helped me get pregnant with my children. So now I have St. Gerard, like. Oh my God. Up my up my yin yang. I have Saint Gerard too because my friend Liz. Yes. Rose, shout out to Liz Rose. Hi, Liz Rose. She is like my IVF ride or die. She like came in, like when I was at my most vulnerable, found out that all the eggs were dead, and she was like my Mrs. Doubtfire. She like rushed to the scene and like <laughs> she just immediately scooped me up into her arms and was like, "Let me help you." Like, and you, you were can't like, do "Thank this you." And I was like, "Yes, I need that." And everybody needs a person to go through this with yes which it can be a wonderful wonderful thing it can also be super challenging mm. because one of you might get pregnant mm. and the other one doesn't and so you're navigating so many different feelings at the same time in this you know liz has gone on to have she was pregnant at the time she went on to have a awesome i know she's so precious but um it does help to have those surrounding you with positive not toxic but positive energy yes information and support there's so much that's part of IVF that's educational yes learning different aspects right. of it that was just such an eye opener I had no idea and still learning yeah and it's a continual it's a continual learning and then on top of it then you have like the spiritual aspect where you're like okay 
what should I be doing with my physical body movement wise, right? What should I be like you were saying, who do I pray to? Do I meditate? Do I do nost- alternate nostril breathing? Like, do I put a turban on my head and get a crystal ball? And like, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's almost like better when you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, like ignorance. You know these things, you just get knocked up easily. You know? <gasps> do you remember those days Yes. when you were just a fertile myrtle yes. and you could and just like those kind of girls, right? Like, we're teenage, you know, so that's my background. It's an education and counseling. So I would, spend time with teenagers who are mothers and I was just like wow that how did you do you know right they're in these circumstances that are really difficult and I can't imagine being them but at the same time it's like wow that was that could have been me yes you know easily well if we weren't scared to shit when we were kids saying like close your legs to married men like me like Nini <laughs> I mean, like, it's true, but now it's like, whoa, why didn't anyone educate us about like when it's time to actually procreate and have a baby? What do you do? Because none of us know this shit. If you could give any advice to a woman who's going through either, it doesn't have to be IVF, but it just could be even fear around being a mother or getting pregnant or if they're in an IVF cycle or what would be like your biggest advice for them? And I know you already said, like, get your ride or die, get your person. Get a person that you can text who knows what it feels like to be in your boat. Have support. Support is so key. But like in your toolbox, you need support. You need mind body stuff. You need meditation, something that's going to calm your cortisol because you don't want to be in a fight or flight response. You need homeostasis with all of your hormones in your body. Which by the way, that's my baseline is fight or flight. Yeah. Like my, my adrenal. So I did an adrenal test, like to see if I had adrenal fatigue during all this. Oh my God. Like if you saw it, it was like a Richter scale. It was just like all over the place, you know, because that's how I, I, but that's my baseline. Like, I don't know any different. So it's almost like, and this is a great point you just brought up. It's like rewiring your body to unlearn everything you've learned and to undo all of the badness that you, that used to give you like an edge to be successful. Exactly. Like I was going to say, you <laughs> learned this, you learned that flight or flight. Hustle, bitch, hustle. hustle. And you, and you built this empire yes. because you hustle. Yes. And so, yes, there is a rewind on that. And there's a relearning of what it means to take care of yourself again. Yes. And, and some of us don't even know how to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really crazy. You just brought up, like it's sparked this in my mind. Um, I went through a very angry, resentful period during this time. It wasn't like very long, but there was definitely like a good chunk where I was so angry at myself and I was so angry at my clients, even though it wasn't them doing this to me. But I'm like, I, for the last 20 years, woke up every day to take care of tens of thousands of people over my 20 plus year career. Like every day worrying about like, what are they eating? How are they doing? Are they taking care of themselves? Getting girls ready for Miss USA and Miss America and listening to everyone's shit. And then when it was like time for me to have the baby, number one, no one gave a fuck. And I'm making a generalized comment, right? Like there's a lot of people that love me and care, but like all those people that I helped, like no one gave a fuck. And I also was resentful. Like I just spent all my life taking care of you as my children. And then it's like, I postpone having a child when I probably should have physically. I mean, yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but like physically with like hormones and the egg reserves and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like almost like, and I'm, and I don't think that this is too late, but it's like, okay, now it's like getting down to the wire where they start being like, oh God, you know, you're really high risk and you're geriatric and you 
want to fucking hear that. No, nobody wants to hear that. Right. Especially when they've built so much of their life serving others. Yes. You spend so much time helping others. And so ugh, I, I don't, I, I can totally see why you would be angry. And there's a lot of anger that comes into infertility and fertility as a whole. And I think it's important as women that we let the wide we show these wide range of emotions. We have them. So I think that that's really important not to deny that this is fucking sucks. It like, does. Nobody wants to be in this position or in this circumstance of finding themselves unable to have a child when they want to have a child, you know? And so. So as far as the toolbox goes, give me like a good book for the toolbox. Mm, okay. So. Um, I would recommend anything by Ali Domar. I've never heard of her. So she led them and I think she still leads them, but she's a therapist at, um, Boston IVF, which is not the place that I go for my treatments, but I do, um, I'm in a mind body group through Boston IVF. They've done a lot of research into mind body and infertility and the outcomes of being in these groups for women and, you know, their, their feelings of joy and gratitude also, their ability to get pregnant after being in these line body groups, you know, increases. So um, anything by Ali Domar, I think she has one book. It's like healthy woman, healthy. Oh, I'm not going to say the right thing, but that has been really life-changing for me. It's an older book. It was written in 1996. I'll find her now. stuff and we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. So she's wonderful. Also, um, what was helpful for me was it starts with the egg. And I'm blanking on the author. Um, but there's a lot in that book about supplementation, which definitely consult with a doctor about whether or not these supplements are right for you. But I did start supplementing, you know, this before my first IVF cycle, I had not done any supplementation. And so um, with these subsequent rounds, I have been doing much more supp supplements. And um, I think they do really support like you know, CoQ10. Co yes. Um, all these different things, they do support your egg health. And yes. so that's a really important thing. Um, so that book is great. And also it has a, a sort of a recipe book. Oh, I love that's that. Really nice, um, which is good. But I also saying this, I also want people to recognize that like, you know, I don't want it to be any kind of like blame on you, like feeling like you're, you can, you can, and you can't control this. Some of these things are things you can't control, right? Like there are some things that you can't control about infertility, right. but there are some things that you can do your best to try yes. and manipulate a little bit. I think that that was one of the hardest lessons I learned about infertility is that you could do, you, you know, we spend our whole lives thinking that the harder we try to do something, like we will achieve that. Goal. Yes. And IVF is like the complete opposite. Like oh. you could work really, really hard and then you might not have an outcome. And so that's really hard. So building your toolbox will be to, you know, have supports, to have mantras and meditations that are support, you know, support your health on a daily basis. Do it daily. Do it on the regular to support you. Um, gratitude journals, Love it. listing things that you're just grateful for, even if it's like a cup of coffee, right? Um, sort of, you know, eliciting the relaxation response, whether that's through meditation or acupuncture. Whatever. Don't try to put 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's yeah. a good tool for your toolbox. <laughs> Cause that's my baseline. I'm like, how much work can I do today? No. And it's actually the opposite. Slow it down. You have to, Slow it down you have to start to just feel what it's like to be silent and quiet with your thoughts sometimes but carve out that space yes for yourself. 
which is hard for moms to do too. And hard for women who grow empires like you to do too, mm-hmm. because you're constantly helping others. Yes. Yes. And so it really is unique. It's not selfish. It is really important to take that time. So those are some of my things I would find, you know, getting outside, getting air, mm, getting communing with nature, communing with nature, being by the beach, being with people you love. Also being laughing with, your loved ones or friends like because don't we get so serious when we go into this mode so we're like lock and load like in this mode. Yeah, warrior God, I have this right and it's like well we need to laugh too we need to enjoy this time together and i think covid's taken that a little bit away from us and so i think knocking on wood that we're hopefully coming out of the yes and not because that's been really traumatic for women oh, for yeah. the last couple of years. Absolutely. Totally. In general. And so if you feel like you're in this fertility journey and you're feeling isolated, that's not a good sign. Right. You want to make sure you're reaching out to people, finding things if it's helpful, like podcasts or um, you know, you can just search in like infertility. And yeah. A bunch of things will YouTube. I mean, YouTube. there's so much stuff. So many guided things. There's there are so many resources out there. So there's no excuses, really, when people say like when they because a lot of people can play victim because it's yes. just their who they are, you know, and it's what they their limiting beliefs and their learned behavior. But really, there's so many outlets. Mm-hmm. Just be your own advocate. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So you gave us like the your toolbox for the women who are going through this. What advice would you give for the other women who maybe aren't going through this but are going to be in someone's life that maybe is going through it's like what would you give them advice like what to say what not to say and how to show up and how not to show up because i think for me that's been like such a hard thing like because people want to help but they don't know how to help and then they end up saying something stupid or fucked up or you know like whatever and because they just it's not that they're bad people they just don't know what to do and what to say you know people be like oh my god i i mean when i had my six kids it was just like snapping my fingers and getting pregnant and i'm like i don't want to hear that maureen (laughs) Maureen. (laughs) you know like thanks maureen yeah glad it was easy for you and bill in 1983 exactly (laughs) exactly right um that's such a good question because you wouldn't believe the things people say but then also oh i do believe them they do know what to do yes you do do. oh i do girl um I think the most helpful thing is to not ask too many questions, Mm. to just say as a friend, I'm here for you. I'm so sorry about what you're going through. If you ever want to talk about these things, I am here. I'm here to hold space. Yeah. And I've had friends that just go on walks with me or like leave books by my door. Nice. Or leave me chocolates or to say, I'm thinking about you. And then I have the opposite end of people who are like bombarding me with pictures of their babies and talking about other things related to babies. And, and I have to learn how to, um, I've since learned how to temper my response. Yes. So like I used to get super pissed and super angry. Oh, I bet. Wanting to throw my phone. And I had like this just gut response to being angry. Triggered. Triggered. And then it's like, you know what? No, it's not up to them to figure out how to work around me. It's up to you to tell them. Right. Right. It's up to me to put boundaries down and say, you know what? I'm going to mute this conversation or... I don't need to talk about baby names with you right now. That's not helpful to me. Right. I just got out of surgery. For right. My second, third miscarriage. Oi. Miscarriage. You know. Because I mean? we so. teach people how to treat us, we do. We do. and then we're like, "Why is she saying this to me? And why is she doing this?" Well, because we've allowed it, yeah. 
or we've just like let it, you know, run rampant. And we are the ones that have to be like, you know, this isn't really helping me. I appreciate you. But like, this is actually not helping me. Or just like you said, you don't have to tell them anything. You can just mute them. You can put them on pause or whatever the fuck you, you kids do now on the social medias. In the medias. Well, it's so hard to be an empath, right? Like, you know. Oh, I'm a huge empath. is like coming to you and yeah. you suck up on their energy and they want to tell you their story. Oh, yeah. How easy it was for them to get pregnant or their miscarriages too. Like, I've also heard a lot of sad stories. Too. Yes. Like, I don't know how helpful this is. And that was one thing about Instagram. I had to kind of like, switch off yeah because i was following some people and they were getting pregnant or they were losing babies mm. and i was getting so involved in their journey yes i was relating to it at first but then i was like no we are we are doing different things that's right so it is important to have a buddy someone who goes through this with you but also know when it's not helpful for you and not healthy that you're drawing comparisons or you're feeling bad about something or you're getting too wrapped up into their story and you're not focusing enough on yourself yes so, but that's such a good question. And, you know, as a culture, I don't think we really know how to handle grief in such a delicate way. Like that has to do with miscarriage and idea and all these things. Like dealing with miscarriage is not our forte. Dealing with Mm-mm. death is not part of our cultural, you know. Experience. Family. It's true. It's true. But if you think about sacred, ancient, you know, tribes and communities, it was like if a woman had lost a child, it, they the community would just gather around her and lift her up and do whatever. I mean, God damn it, we used to bleed in tents together and sing and brush each other's hair and shit. Like, what happened to those days? I don't know. I want them back. I think we should bring them back. I know. I think my husband would appreciate it. <laughs> Matt would be <laughs> like, send her no. off for five days. <laughs> Bye. Just the words with the bells will get you in your blood. Exactly. <laughs> but what we knew what we were doing and because of the patriarch, the toxic patriarchy, right? Because of the toxic masculine, we've had to been like, we're guys too. And we're going to put on our power suits. We're going to hustle our tits off. And it's like, women aren't supposed to do that. We're supposed to flow. We're supposed to listen to our divine intuition. We're supposed to be these like sacred goddesses that are roaming the earth. And we have to remember that we all are that, but we've had it pulled from us over the millennia. And I think now that it's coming back piece by piece. I don't know if you feel that, but we're starting like, you know, even with ambitious, the community, like that's all I like, I strive for that to have that community. Like we've had in the last year, so many people lose husbands and moms and all these different things to all a plethora of different reasons. And like, we all band together. We all get them beautiful care package. Like it's just beautiful. And no one fucking does that shit anymore. You're lucky if you even get a little fucking edible arrangement. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I do like a dip strawberry. I will take that. (laughs) But you're right, though, that what you're doing with the bitches and this community is so valuable for women um, to have a space where they can share and they can be a part of something that's spiritual, holistic, and just practical, like elevating them to this level that they never thought possible. We don't really have any opportunities to do that. Right. So kudos to you. That's so amazing. Thanks, friend. And thank you for being such a good friend because Mm -hmm. over the last couple months too, you've been super supportive to me and just asking me questions and asking me questions that like don't offend me, which is like, no, it's like amazing. I'm like, wow, she actually cares and she like knows her shit where other people are like, is Matt busting nuts in you 24 seven? And I'm like, um, scary, very scary. Very scary. And you know what? There's a lot of pressure on men too around this. Oh, absolutely. Like, come on, don't look just at Adam Jesse. Like, you know, it's, or or actually, look, 
look at them too. Yes. Hard for them. And so there needs to be more support. I know we're talking about women. No, I love this. There needs to be more support for men and their feelings around this too, because it's challenging. I think there can be a lot of hopelessness for them. I feel like Matt doesn't know what to do sometimes. Yeah. Like I was telling you before, like we went to Mexico. And I was like, I'm going to have like crazy wild, like tantric goddess sex. And I had like, because I mean, it's been like a really stressful time, you know? And like, you don't get honey when things are crazy, right? So I'm like, I am going to be like a sexual goddess. And then we got there and I had a, my period for the second time in a month. And I was literally wearing full on Lisa Rinna depends <laughs> the whole time I was in Mexico. <laughs> And I was like, Matt, do you want a hand job? Like anything? Like I can like spit on my hand real quick. Like it will be great. And that's like, get the fuck away from me. Right. And I'm like, I feel like almost like a bad wife sometimes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm bleeding for the 30 seconds time this month. Like it just gets really old. And I, and he's like, you're in so much pain. I don't know what to do. Like, do I get more tequila? Do you want me to get you a Xanax? Like, you know, do you want me to like push on your back? Like he does, they don't know what to do. They don't. Because actually that's been stripped of them too. Because men actually try in tribal culture, understand what's happening with the woman. And like, now it's like, it's almost like back in the day when you would watch like Downton Abbey and the man would like go in with a cigar in the smoking room and wait till the baby to be born. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then the woman comes out like Kate Middleton and she's like in her perfect outfit. And you're like, this isn't real life. No. And the, and that's really what's happened to our society, both masculine and feminine. You're so right. You're so right. With this just puritanical. Yes. You know, garb of bleh. It I don't is. know what to say. But so true. true. And men need more support too it's really it's and there is i totally hear what you're saying like oh, i feel like a bad wife yeah like, i'm healing for the third time i hear from the season from two ectopics like oh like i can't i'm not going to be a good wife to you i can't serve you yes. kind of, in that way yes but absolutely we serve each other like emotionally or totally in different ways too and i think that that's it brings a marriage closer together I think if you are both yeah. got your shit together, yes. like if you're both like spiritual loving beings who are not drifters yeah. and not like, you know, doing things for the wrong reasons, it can totally make your, it's made my marriage with my husband closer, but I've seen IVF rip people apart too. It can. Right. It can. Cause you're maybe, you know, people are doing it for all the wrong reasons mm -hmm. and that, that, that's going to catch up to you sooner or later too. You and know, it's not interested in knowing why it's going on yes. or, you know, doesn't really want it. You both have to really want it to do it. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is such an amazing conversation. Where can people find you? Like on Insta on like, yeah, where's I'm all on, the things I'm on Instagram? My name is I Bonnie Lou, A Y E B O N N I E Lou L O U. I have a private, private account, but I will make it public. <laughs> I love it because you're going to get a lot of ambitious following you. I would you. love for you to follow me. And I will I will do more. You and know, you can I'll see all your more. cutie pictures of Noah and JFK Jr., a.k.a. Jesse. <laughs> Thank you for coming all the way to the Shire. Oh, my goodness. This was my pleasure. Thank you so much. It was much awesome. And you educated me so much. And I, I know for a fact that all the women out there listening that are either going through something like this or supporting someone going through this mm -hmm. is going to really like, just feel more empowered and educated. And thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you. it. I'm so, I'm so happy. I hope so. I hope that it can be helpful. And if I didn't share anything, well, if people have questions, I can yeah. always reach out ideas or whatever, but it's kind of my experience of what's happening. And so 
I love having this conversation. Thank you guys so much, so, so much for listening to the Ambitious Podcast. And if you feel like this show will resonate with someone that you know, share it, tag us, do all the things. I don't even have to give you directions. You know what the fuck to do. Okay. Like I always say, stay ambitious.